What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 321 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and this is the Hot Tags edition of the week, where I'll be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, gossip, news, and anything else that went down in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling over the past couple of days. First things first, how y'all doing? Make sure you leave your comments below. Tell me what you think about everything that we're going to talk about today. Only a couple topics here but a lot to break down in some of those topics. And before we get started on those topics, I want to remind everybody of what I had mentioned before about the YouTube status of what's going on with their changeover for monetization. There does not seem to be an issue when it comes to the Smart Out Moment channel. The Fanboys Anonymous channel, on the other hand, still needs more support. What I need you guys to do, and this helps out not just the Fanboys Anonymous side of things, but it also helps out the Smart Out Moment side of things, because it's all tied in. I need you guys to go on to youtube.com slash fanboysanonymous, go to any of the playlists, and just run them. You can mute it, you can run every playlist would be the best. Uh, the one that is the longest is the movie review and review point TV kind of one. Uh, Another one that has quite a bit of content in it is the group meeting uh, podcast, the roundtable discussions. Another one is the fan tracks. The point being, the longer you run them, the better it's going to help me out. And the reasoning why is because you need to reach 4,000 hours of watch time during a certain interval. And I haven't gotten 4,000 yet. I'm at 3,800 and something. So I essentially need, I think the last time that I had calculated it, it was something like 130 more hours. And that sounds kind of crazy, but if you think about it, the movie review playlist that I've got up is something like four days long. If a couple people, five people say, run 10 episodes and they're about an hour each, that's already 50 hours worth of material. And you guys can run it in the background. You don't have to actually sit down and watch it. You can mute it so that way you don't have to hear it running in the background, that kind of thing. We've got until the 20th of February. So you got a little bit of time, but I don't want people to forget about this. And I'm going to keep reminding you of it. This will help out so much because if not, then the channel doesn't get monetized anymore. And then I'm going to have to stop doing some stuff. I'm going to have to stop taking away time from smart out moment and uh you know applying that to fanboys to try to balance it out and different things like that so uh hate to start off with something somber like that but i want to remind everybody that that is the case in case you did not see on the last thing or whatever and i'm going to keep reminding everybody ahead going forward uh to do that just hit the playlist run it in the background keep running it for as long as you possibly can the whole thing would be the best out of all that stuff And if everybody chips in a little bit, then it'll end up balancing out. It's only 120 hours or something like that, whatever it is. So it's really not that much over the course of the next couple weeks or so. And on top of that, it would help out a lot if you shared the channel, try to get more subscribers, that kind of thing. But the watch time is the main priority right now. The longer you guys run those in the background, the better it'll be. Only other thing to talk about as far as that goes is the Patreon account. Uh, patreon.com slash fanboys anonymous patreon.com slash smart out moment. I've updated the rewards points and everything like that. Uh, I really am still kind of 
trying to figure out what you guys would like out of the rewards that I could potentially do to add some things in there. Unfortunately, I don't have a big budget, so I can't, I mean, I have zero budget, <laughs> so I can't like, you know, send t-shirts to everybody for free or something like that, but I can try to figure out something if you have any suggestions. Uh, and if you got a spare, a little bit of spare change, a dollar a month, five bucks a month, whatever it might be, uh, think about donating to the Patreon accounts and that will help out a lot too, because that can be potentially the only way that I'd be able to make money on YouTube anymore. And, uh, you know, if we can't make money on YouTube anymore, then you kind of don't really do it anymore. Anyway, that is a whole long way to get around just saying, please help support Fanboys Anonymous and you will in turn help support Smart Out Moment. So if you like Smart Out Moment, help Fanboys Anonymous, you'll all be helping me out. And now we need to start talking about the hot tags, <laughs> the actual point of the video. Uh, we are going to take care of the little things first, starting with Alberto Del Rio apologizing to Triple H. The reason why is he said in a recent interview that he realized that he was lashing out at Triple H and he was believing what Paige was thinking and saying about the whole idea that her photos had been leaked by WWE. He blamed Triple H and he kind of came to his senses that that pretty much makes no sense. Exactly what everybody else was saying. Why would uh, Triple H, why would WWE release these images because it makes them look bad and it's bullying and it's a form of sexual harassment and uh, they stand to gain absolutely nothing out of it. So he realized it. And he said that he apologized, and he also said, which was pretty interesting, that his contract with Impact expires in, I think it's the spring, and that he would go back to WWE at some point, and that he's pretty sure that he would do something with them in the future before he ends up retiring. I think we could see him showing up on the SmackDown roster by the middle to end of this year. I don't think that that's a crazy thought to think about. I think he'll probably stick with Impact for a little bit because they are going to make him, you know, their main guy to a certain extent for at least a little bit of time. But I think that if Paige sticks on Monday Night Raw, he could end up going to SmackDown. Uh, not only would it be a scenario where they would stay away from each other, but it's also something where he would be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. We know that Del Rio thinks of himself as the top guy. And if he goes over to Monday Night Raw... You've got Roman Reigns, you've got Brock Lesnar, you've got Braun Strowman. It's not going to happen. He goes over to SmackDown, though, he instantly becomes a main eventer. And if he could get a shot at that WWE Championship again, that is the best place for him. I don't necessarily hope that that happens, but I am glad to hear that he has buried the hatchet with WWE because you only live once and it, it sucks to have a bunch of grudges and stuff. And uh, that's the mature, smart thing to do as an adult. Speaking of mature and adult things to do as an adult, uh, let's talk about Sunny. <laughs> she called Candice LeRae too ugly to be on the main roster, essentially, and then said, uh, you know, kind of jab over to Bailey, saying that she had plastic surgery and all this other kind of stuff and needed it and whatever. Uh, shitty. Um, for her to do that. First off, I mean, we, we do the sexiest superstars tournament. You know our opinions about we can go and run down the men and the women and talk about the positives and the negatives of their looks and really be mean sometimes because that's kind of the point of the fun and everything like that. And everybody has their preferences and somebody like Dace, super into Bailey. 
Bailey is on the lower end of the spectrum as far as I'm concerned. But Sonny has no right to be calling these women ugly for the main roster and stuff out of what seems like a combination of jealousy, keeping her name in the public eye, and maybe just flat out anger that she wasn't invited to the Raw 25th anniversary special, because it does seem like that might have been a little bit of that too. We'll get into that Raw 25th thing pretty soon. I think it's kind of ridiculous to also be calling Candice LeRae ugly. I think that she's quite cute. Uh, she's very spunky. She seems like a great person. So it's not even like she, you know, is some thought that is like uh, bitching and complaining and calling Sonny out. And Sonny's just kind of like, shut up, you ugly bitch or something like that. Where that would be like a more of a justified feud or something. She seems like a sweetheart and she's cute. So... Sonny needs to kind of get her priorities straight and stop lashing out at other people for her own insecurities and her own problems that she clearly has way, way too many to deal with. But unfortunately, we have to spin that into our third story here. Enzo Amori has been suspended indefinitely, and it's essentially around this whole allegation that he raped somebody. Now, I need to preface this by saying... Under no circumstances should anybody who abuses anybody ever get away with it, ever. I think that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how powerful you powerful ah, powerful you are. I can talk today. It doesn't matter. Uh, it, it doesn't matter anything. That's essentially what it boils down to. Uh, I have been saying that phrase boils down to so much lately. Oh my god, I hate that. That is the baseline of everything. If you are somebody who sexually assaults somebody, you're scum and you deserve to get fired. You deserve to get punished. You deserve to get jail time, whatever the case may be. However, this seems to be like, it might be bullshit. And I am purely speculating here, of course, because I do not know the details of the conversations that they've had. I do not know if anything actually happened. I don't know the backstage stuff, the behind the scenes stuff, whatever. Uh, keep in mind, Enzo Amori seems like he could have some possible scumbag tendencies. I mean, that's, of course, a little bit of the character and all that, and it's hard to bleed over the character into the real person. And then you hear backstage reports about him being, you know, dealing with strippers all the time and different things like that, and Liv Morgan breaking up with him and whatever. There is always a risk that your character can become your public perception, and who knows how much of that's real, how much of it's fake, whatever. But this woman on Twitter seems to have a lot of holes in her story. Uh, from what I've dug into a little bit, she claims that she was drugged and raped, essentially, and that she ended up going in for like 40-something days for like a mental rehabilitation program. But other people called her out and said that during that time frame that she says that that's the case, she was tweeting about how she was like hanging out at a coffee shop and everything. She also has a YouTube video up where she talks about how she faked a pregnancy when somebody broke up with her. And she is somebody who sells uh, porn videos of herself on Snapchat. Her social media profiles seem to be very, very much inspired by trying to gain attention. So this is a terrible phrase to use in this kind of discussion, but the phrase attention whore is being thrown around a lot. And the sad part about this whole thing is that that is a possibility. 
there are plenty of instances from over the years, decades, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter what time frame, of people that just make up stories because they're either crazy or they just really seek attention or they think it's a prank. There's a lot of different things that they do. I mean, you can meet a crazy man or woman in any situation at any point in the day. You can be filling up your gas tank and somebody behind you can ram into you and they're mad because you took their favorite gas tank uh, and that they wanted to to fill up before you. You can be in the line at the grocery store and somebody could be flipping out because they decided that they didn't want to pay that day. There's insane people all over the place. And when somebody has a lot of tendencies that seem to fit in something like what this woman is broadcasting in a lot of different ways, it starts to make the suspicion a little bit cloudy. The The idea of Enzo doing something like this is a possibility. And if he did, he's a piece of shit and he deserves to get released from the company, stripped of the cruiserweight title, of course, and not hired back again uh, because they don't need that kind of image on themselves. But we have to assume innocent until proven guilty. That is the way that this is supposed to work in this country. And realistically, it's the way that things should work. Unless you have any kind of proof for anything, you should be considered innocent. And it sucks when you're a public figure and if somebody can just come out and accuse you of something like that and it negatively affects you forever. Because even if he has not done anything wrong and they find out that this is all bullshit, people are still going to go, oh, didn't he like rape somebody or something? He's never going to be able to live that down. That's what is a shame about this kind of situation. So it's really a situation where... Who knows? I don't. And from my point of view, it could be he is guilty or he's not. And they have to act accordingly based off of their investigation. It sucks that it's happening right now if it's completely unbiased and, uh, you know, uh, unbiased isn't the word I was looking for, uh, completely untrue. And that's from a biased perspective of me being a wrestling fan and thinking, well, if it's not true, then he just gets to miss out on the Raw 25 anniversary and he must misses out on uh, the Royal Rumble and everything like that. Uh, if it is true, by all means, the sooner that it comes out, the better, you know? So hopefully the truth will come out very, very soon. And at least as far as Enzo's concerned, I hope that he didn't do it. But if he did, then... Uh, Got to get rid of them. This is a long-winded uh, political discussion, isn't it, today? Oh, my God. Uh, and, of course, that's a subject matter that's going to trigger a lot of different people, and a lot of people are going to have some strong feelings one way or the other. And all I ask for everybody is, in the comments below, please respect the idea that this could be either way, and uh, don't start, you know, slinging too much hate one way or the other. Um, but... Hey, the same as everything else. Let me know your opinions. And definitely let me know your opinions about the next topic, because this is going to be something that I think people are either going to agree 100% with me, or they're going to go, oh, you don't like fucking anything. But the 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw kind of sucked. <laughs> it's, I mean, I hate to say it, but yeah, that was not a, uh, not a stellar show. That Raw 1000 special, I kind of remember being significantly better than this one was. And it's weird because they started off pretty damn hot. If, uh, if you didn't follow it and you don't care about spoilers, I'll talk about some segments. If you do, 
Uh, tough shit. You're watching a review of it anyway. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, and if you did see it, obviously, then I'm going to not tell you every single thing because you saw it already. But starting off with Stephanie McMahon and Shane McMahon in the ring, bringing out Vince McMahon. Makes sense. I loved how Vince decided. He was like, no, no, no. Fuck this. I'm going to be a heel. Uh, saying the commemorative plaque was cheap, just like the crowd in Brooklyn and all that. Stone Cold comes out. You know what's happening. You know he's going to get a stunner. And they do this great little spot thing where he's just like, you know, I'm an old man now. I'm uh, a member of the AARP. I've got these heart problems and stuff. But Shane, Shane's in his prime. Look at how fucking great he is. Shane eats a stunner. Uh, Vince McMahon celebrates a little bit with Austin, who gives him a stunner. And then the whole one more time thing uh, comes back around to Shane and, you know, and ends up sucking for him. But uh, I love the little when they first started chanting one more time and Vince is just kind of like, I don't think that Shane could take another one. <laughs> it's like that was great. Uh, it was funny to see how happy Vince was for the whole thing. He's even dumping beer on Shane, that kind of a thing. That was a really good way to start off. It was really a lot of fun. Then everything went downhill. Uh, well, I mean, like there was some little stuff peppered in here and there. Uh they went into this 20-something minute long segment where it was another eight-woman tag. It was Absolution, Alicia Fox, and Nia Jax losing to Asuka, Mickey James, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. I did not give a shit about this whatsoever. And it's because, not because of the women, it's because I'm sick and tired of seeing six-man tag matches and six-man, or six-man woman matches. That makes a lot of sense. Six-woman tag team matches and stuff. I'm getting sick of it, man. Every week we get like two or three of these on a fucking show. And it's just not all that fun. I did like Asuka tossing everybody else over the top rip at the end. That was a nice little touch. Uh, seals the deal even more for me that she is not winning on Sunday, but we will talk about that a little bit later on this week. Kurt Angle has a little segment backstage with a bunch of people. Uh, Jonathan Coachman, Harvey Whippleman, Brooklyn Brawler, Teddy Long, Brother Love, and the Boogeyman. And this was kind of the theme of the night was people would come out and they would go, hey, look, Teddy Long. Hey, look, Brother Love. And that's it. Like, they really wouldn't do anything. Unfortunately, that essentially happened with The Undertaker. And man, by this point, we're an hour into the show, and the Manhattan Center hasn't had jack shit. They got screwed on this episode so bad. Uh, the Undertaker comes out, announced by The Fink, which I loved, because I love Howard Finkel popping up and doing that. And he says what essentially translates to I've beaten a lot of people over the past 25 years. See ya. He doesn't really retire. He doesn't make a challenge. He doesn't do anything, really. And JR tries to save it a little bit by saying, is that a, a threat or something at the end? But it was really lame. And it did not do anything to build anything to WrestleMania. There was no hints for any kind of upcoming feuds. He didn't say he was done. Uh, I, I don't know what this was supposed to be about, but it, it didn't hit the mark for anything. It was really just awkward. Taker didn't look like he was like stumbling around and stuff like that, so that's good. Maybe he is feeling pretty good, but this just didn't do it. Uh, we had a couple segments throughout the night of the APA playing poker with a bunch of people, Slater and Rhino, Ted DiBiase. That was fun to see him. We got the new day and some other people that are actually still on the roster popping up and doing that. Uh, MVP in there, which I did not recognize him at first. He looked 
so strange to me at first. Uh, that was really kind of cool to see him though. We had um, a little parade kind of, of general managers in the past, John Laurinaitis, Eric Bischoff. They brought Daniel Bryan out last, even though he's popping up every single week on uh, SmackDown. So that's not really all that special. We had, uh, who else was it um, that came out? Uh, William Regal. Uh, the Miz came out. They had their match uh, for the Intercontinental Championship between The Miz and Roman Reigns. And thankfully, The Miz defeated Roman Reigns, winning that title back. Goes to show you, Roman Reigns won that title just because they want that Universal title to be the last one that he can ever win. Not not the last one that he can ever win, but, you know, the, the that's the only one that I haven't won yet. And that's the one that'll make me the only person that's won every title again, that kind of thing. Uh, very happy to see that that was the case. Glad to see that the Miz won in the fashion that he did too. Nice little cheating kind of maneuver there. Uh, we had a peep show, which was Christian announcing Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins and doing nothing else. And the bar coming out to say Jordan sucks and a little stupid fight that ended in like a minute. That was a lame ass segment. Uh, Charlotte and Ric Flair just saying woo to Alexa Bliss. Didn't care. We had Bray Wyatt and... Uh, Matt Hardy, uh, Wyatt defeats Matt Hardy at the Manhattan Center. By this point, the crowd was chanting, we got something, I think is what they were saying. And they were chanting bullshit because this was the second segment that they had gotten in a two-hour frame. They were mostly just watching Raw on a screen, which they could have done that at home and not spent hundreds of dollars on a ticket. That is just crazy. Uh, We had a parade of women's wrestlers come out. That was nice to see. And it was also nice to see, not just because, you know, they're they're gorgeous and everything like that, but seeing some of them come back into the fold that haven't been there in a long time is something different. Terry Runnels being one of those. I did not expect her to be one of the people that they would have invited back. Kelly Kelly, that was good to see her. She's looking great. Jacqueline, Hall of Famer. Tori Wilson looking fantastic as always. Trish, no Lita. A little bit surprised about that. I got to see uh, Maria and Maurice since they've been away with their pregnancies. They uh, look like everything's going fine as far as I'm concerned with that. I'm not a doctor, but whatever. Uh, Great little segment backstage with Chris Jericho and Elias where he says – he sings a little song for him, says that he's made the list. That was a nice little touch. John Cena comes out, though, after Elias sings a song, and it's just a little bit strange that they just keep this thing going on. I don't know if that's because the Samoa Joe thing isn't going to pan out, so they need to just drag out the Elias thing or what, but – I like Elias. I like John Cena. I just kind of want something a little bit more. But I do like that he got hit with a low blow and got hit with the guitar because that's fine. I was kind of hoping that the Honky Tonk Man would want to come out too, but maybe they just don't want to associate with him anymore. I don't know. Uh, we had a fun little segment with the Godfather and his wife backstage where Mark Henry thought that his wife was just another one of the hoes. I like that. Uh, Dudley Boy's coming out to fuck up Heath Slater. After a weird double DQ, essentially, finish of Titus Worldwide and Slater and Rhino, uh, Charlie Caruso gets replaced with Mean Gene Okerlund for a little bit. Not as much of a looker as Charlie, but okay. Uh, we had DX, and that was a full DX outside of China and uh, Rick Rude, but they actually give Rick Rude and China a little shout out, which was really nice. And um, New Age Outlaws, X-Pac, Razor Ramon even though he wasn't a member of DX, but, you know, he's a member of the clique, so it makes sense. They do the whole Too Sweet thing. Balor Club comes out. They do the Too Sweet. That was kind of a nice touch. Re- Revival come out, though, and they just sort of 
fight for a minute and lose and then eat a bunch of finishers. And that didn't really help out the revival all that much. I kind of wanted them to cut a promo. I don't know why they didn't. And then we get the shitty end of everybody coming out ringside to watch Brock Lesnar and Kane and Strowman fight. If they were ringside to stop an incident from happening, they didn't do anything at all. It was so lackluster in so many ways, not just because it was on the uh, the Raw 25th anniversary, where everything should be kind of a little bit better, and not only because it's the go-home show before the Royal Rumble of all pay-per-views, but because just on a regular segment, on a regular episode of Raw, it still wouldn't have been all that good. This was just so bland. And I look back on this 25th anniversary special, and I don't feel like it was special at all. Outside of that Austin segment, nothing felt that special. And that's including all the different appearances from the really, really quick appearances of different people and just the Intercontinental title changed hands. And I I feel like it was a moot point. It was like Reigns won that title in December just to hold it while The Miz went and did a movie for a little bit and just to hold it for the sake of holding it as opposed to doing anything with it. So it's just, you, you reverted back to the status quo, which I like. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad that the Miz won that. But that's the theme of the night is just sort of, do you remember the past? Okay, well, good, because we're not going to really give you anything that much right now. Really a shame, especially for building up for the Royal Rumble. And I'm also really confused. We have about half of the field left, a little bit more than half, actually, for the Royal Rumble that still has not been announced. They have only announced 13 people in the men's Royal Rumble match. We still have, I think, like 12 or so for the women's too. And, um, you know, Michelle McCool and them, like they could be people that pop up. And now I kind of feel like it's not going to be as special because we just had them pop up and do nothing and everything. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not feeling it. And I know that at least the Manhattan Center is not feeling it because they got gypped completely on this. And for all the people that were complaining and all that, I think you're well within the the right to complain. Hopefully, WWE realizes how poorly that this came off and how that was just not uh, a great thing. Uh, it seems like maybe some other people went to the Manhattan Center. It says on some different reports that uh, The Miz, uh, Jeff Hardy, Seth Rollins, Ric Flair... You know, some different people did pop up in the Manhattan Center, so maybe they tried to give people a show afterward, but that's too late. Uh, Another report says that fans were chaining uh, ROH at one point. Uh, It's just not all that great. Uh, (laughs) I think that that is a bad sign for WWE as far as, like, momentum going into the Royal Rumble. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference in the grand scheme of things. The people that are going to be watching the Royal Rumble are still going to be watching the Royal Rumble, but it's just, it's not going to help them if they make a mistake. Uh, If they do have Roman Reigns win that title again in Philly, he is going to be just ripped to shreds. It's not going to work. Uh, Another thing too, that is weird is we didn't get any announcement about the XFL. And it seemed like a lot of reports were really hinging on this bet that that was going to be something that was going to happen here or the UFL or whatever it was, URFL. I don't know. Nothing about that. Nothing teasing Cena and Undertaker. Nothing to make you feel that more pumped for the Royal Rumble. So really, what did we do here? You know, 
I don't know. <laughs> Lastly, to talk about though, it's a shame to kind of be like keeping this on like a downer and everything. But uh, my thoughts on the latest special that was on the WWE Network, which was the ride along episode called White Plains Passage. It was the Usos and Naomi in one car, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in another one, and you can skip it. It was essentially a bunch of fart noises for the Usos and nothing really else. And for Kevin and Sami, it was them yawning the majority of the time. The first minute of it's kind of funny where the uh, Sami Zayn has like his food and his can gets a little hole in it. Really, other than that, there's nothing on this one. And this is supposed to be the season three premiere, and uh, it didn't do it. Uh, thumbs down as far as that is concerned. I did not enjoy this episode all that much. And I know that some people are going to think that that's because of Monday Night Raw and that it was just sort of like, oh, I'm in a downer mood right now. I'm actually in an okay mood. Uh, <laughs> it's totally fine. But it just didn't do it for me. This uh, three and a half hour chunk of time for watching Monday Night Raw tonight. Four and a half hours, if you count the pre-show me watching that. Nothing happened on the pre-show, by the way. That just didn't do it. And I hope that tomorrow night with SmackDown and the Mixed Match Challenge and 205 Live that we get something better out of that. I don't know if I necessarily believe it's going to happen. More so, it needs to be good for the weekend. Because the weekend coming up, we've got NXT TakeOver. Uh, wait, Where are we going? Philadelphia, that's where it is. I should know, because that's right fucking here, you know. Uh, NXT TakeOver Philadelphia and the Royal Rumble, which means, of course, that our main events for this week are going to be the predictions for both of those shows and the post-shows for both of those shows. So the predictions are going to be coming up probably Wednesday afternoon is when I'm going to be recording them, and then the post-shows, are, of course, are going to be coming up after the shows themselves. That is what you have to look forward to as far as more Smart Out Moments Mac Talk content. And if you want to be notified of when I actually post these up on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and then ring the bell. Check off that you want the notifications and you'll get some kind of an email alert. And of course, remember to do that everything when it comes to Fanboys Anonymous as well for that. As I mentioned at the beginning of this, if you skip the beginning of it, go back and check that out. And if you are on iTunes and Stitcher and you don't actually follow things through the YouTube stuff, then just uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment. Of course, you can do that without having to follow the other kind of stuff with Smack Talk and all that, because we have the articles on the website as well. And we will see you when we see you, everybody. Thanks for watching this episode. Thanks for listening. And thanks for all of your support now, then, forever. Still that from WWE. <laughs> so drop those comments below. Tell me what you think. And I will see you next time. This has been another Smart Out Moment. And I'm being counted out. <laughs>